Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Interesting discussion we're going to have here. When we're talking about this whole COVID situation, and every time our healthcare system gets um, taxed and nears collapse, and we have all kinds of surgeries delayed, and you, don't, you know what happens. You've seen it wave after wave after wave after wave now. Um, there's a pretty common refrain from the public saying, well, why is our healthcare system like this? Now, you can't build a healthcare system that can handle a once-in-a-hundred-year pandemic, but we know we've had issues with our healthcare system for a long, long time, and if anything, uh, this pandemic has really shone a light on that and made it very clear that there's some big issues that have always been there, and uh, they've really, really come to the surface in the last couple of years. So how do we build a better workforce in our healthcare system? That's what it comes down to, because that is the bulk of our healthcare system. Joining us to get into that a bit is Ivy Bourgeau. Uh, Ivy is a professor in the School of Sociological and Anthropological Studies at the University of Ottawa and the University Research Chair in Gender Diversity and Professions. Ivy, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, when we talk about our healthcare system, uh, you can't, I mean, the overwhelming feature of our healthcare system is the people that work in it, right? I mean, that is just... It basically is the healthcare system in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I mean, when you experience the healthcare system, it's usually through a health worker or through the doctor that you're seeing, the nurse that's taking care of you in emergency, you know, the folks that are scanning you or doing your lab tests. It's the health workforce. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, just the sheer numbers, like almost 10% of this country's GDP ends up going into healthcare workers. Absolutely. It's it's really remarkable. So it's one of the top 10 sectors that people work in. It is the sector that women work in. Over 85% of our health workforce are women. And so this is very much sort of an issue in terms of responsiveness to the community, but it's also a place where people are working. And so it's really remarkable when we look at the, the costs that are going into, into the health workforce, but that's an input into the responsiveness of our system. Now, when we take a look at our system, whenever you talk about any kind of systems at this point, it always comes down to data. And I know the work that you've done in the healthcare workforce focuses on data and the fact that we're not doing the job when it comes to data. First of all, why is data so important and what are we missing in terms of data with our workforce? Absolutely. It's such an important question. So first and foremost, we need to count people. We need to know where they're working and what are the types of services that they're, that they're providing. You know, an example of a group of health workers that we've realized are critically important are personal support workers or healthcare assistants, as, as we call them in, in Alberta. And uh, we've never counted them. Right. And so how can you plan for them if you have no idea how many of them are there and how much are they working? Are they working full time or part time? And what are the types of activities that they're doing? And so it's as you uncover, it's remarkable how little data that we have, how the data do not join up. So we count differently or we collect different data elements across different workers, across different jurisdictions. So there's an inability to plan 
um, across workforces for particular sectors and across jurisdictions. It's remarkable. So how do we fix it? Is it an easy fix? Is it, have you laid out a plan here? Absolutely. There is a fix for this because the status quo is incredibly expensive, right? So this is, you know, 8 to 10% of our gross domestic product, and we have no data and no planning. This doesn't happen in other sectors. So, for example, in the construction sector, which constitutes 7% of our GDP, there has been for 20 years an organization called BuildForce that works with different um, public and private sector partners to plan for 34 different occupations in the construction sector. That has existed for 20 years. We have nothing nothing similar in the health workforce. So first and foremost, we have to agree upon the data that we collect on all different health workers and it should be um, collected in a very standardized way, same type of data across professions, across jurisdictions, so that we can plan for different sectors. And then we need to develop some tools in order for decision makers to be able to see what is happening, not just now and be really reactive, but to be proactive, to be able to do some scenario planning to say, well, what if, you know, we have wildfires in the north? What if, you know, we have floods? How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So this is what we're hoping to do. Now, healthcare is always a little bit tricky because it's a federal program and it's a provincial program and the governments are involved in different ways. So how do you, how do you tackle that? Who takes the lead on this? Is, is this a federal program, federal data initiative that you're talking about here? Well, there's a really important role, and this is what I was asked to prepare for the report. What is the role that the federal government yeah. can play? And it already plays a critical coordinating and convening role in other sectors. It's not going to plan. It's not going to be delivering services. But there are very much complementary roles that the federal government can play. But we absolutely have to work in partnership with the provinces and the regions and local you know, hospitals etc. So there is very much shared responsibilities working together and, you know, essentially rowing in the same direction. Now, is this something that happens beyond Canada? I mean, are there other countries that sort of have better systems in place, better things, uh, policies, platforms, practices that are in place to make sure that they have a better way of handling things like pandemics, for example? Absolutely. Canada is um, is an outlier in terms of not having some type of coordinated agency. And I'm comparing this with other federated systems like the United States, like Australia. 
So Australia had a really well-organized um, data collection. So they were able to, to determine what to do in the pandemic. They were able to sort of easily recognize what was going to happen to the training pipeline. They were easily able to amass a vaccinating uh, workforce. Um, in the United States, they have a, a dashboard that has been recently released that looks at not just, you know, the responsiveness to the pandemic, but also the shadow pandemic in terms of mental health. And so what is it that they are going to need in the mental health sector? I mean, they have a dashboard that includes health professions that we don't even recognize nor count, addiction counselors, you know, as yeah. um, addictions has risen during the pandemic. So we're way behind. I mean, how long do you yeah. anticipate this would take to, to catch up and have a working system in place? Well, I think that we could build off of leading practices internationally, and I think that we could catch up very quickly. But this is going to need to have um, some investment some critical investment in this sector and bringing together all of the disparate groups. So a lot of people are doing some elements of these activities, but not in a coordinated way. So part of it is bringing people together in this coordinated fashion, drawing upon leading international practices. And really, I'm hoping that we can catapult over to, um, some of those groups and become a leader in this area. But it is an investment, and we need to build in health workforce data, health workforce planning into our DNA of health system planning more broadly. Yeah, um, interesting, very interesting work. Ivy, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, you bet. That's Ivy Bourgeau, who's done some work into, you know, just what we need to do. We, we and, and Think about it, right? Throughout this pandemic, we've talked about this over and over and over and over and over. Obviously, we have a healthcare system that has some issues, and it has long before the pandemic. So if you want to take a look at how you make it better and how you improve upon it, um, there's some of the problems. Data is so important, right? It is a matter of... If you have the information, you would be in a in a better position to react and, and to plan going forward. And it sounds like Canada quite behind in terms of uh, where we are uh, versus other countries.